Okay, stop the presses. Forget everything else because Robert Pattinson has tested positive for COVID. It's oh, the no. end of the world. Oh no. The the hit Pattinson star. <laughs> Robert, if you're listening to this, I hope you get well soon. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Midlight Crisis, a real podcast hosted by three grown adults revisiting books from our teens, and it's totally cool. I am Sophie, and my YA title for today is The Lizards of Wizards and Cell Phones. <laughs> 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 I really want to play a lizard folk wizard in D and D. Oh my god! I just don't even know where to start. He's, okay, is it like the wizards have gone missing and their familiars, the lizards, have to find them? Is oh, what using I'm the thinking. GPS on their cell phones. Yeah, that's sort of what I'm thinking. Yeah, I'd read the hell out of that book. Oh my god! Yeah. yeah. So I had this. CD when I was a kid called Rock and Rock and Reptiles, and there was a song on it called Lizards Are Wizards. Uh-huh. Are you saying that I stole their IP mm, no, with my book? I... Well, maybe. The lizards are not the wizards. That's a great book. point. Yeah. They're no, they the are. lizards of the wizards. Yeah. <laughs> it's completely different. <laughs> I'm Sam, and my YA title of today is A Friend of Necromancy and Stars. Wow. That sounds like a really fun book. Yeah. Awesome. That sounds like a real book. Necromancy. (laughs) Yeah. You know, necromancy, I'm sure it can be wholesome. (laughs) So the reason I was like drawn to this one was uh, uh, there's like a, a book I found out about. It's called Gideon or something. And it's about the way it was sold to me is that it's necromancers in space. And I was like, I need to read this book immediately. Yeah. (laughs) So if you have read Gideon, tell us if A Friend of Necromancy and Stars is an acceptable alternative title. (laughs) Yeah. I think it's called Gideon in the Ninth or something. Or I don't know, but it looks really cool. I mean, I'm on board. Sounds interesting. Yeah. 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 So. And I'm Hannah. And my randomly generated book title of today is My Revelation of Truth and Eagles. (laughs) Which. Mm -hmm. Sounds very American, which I am not, but like, maybe they would like that book down there in the (laughs) southern part of North America. (laughs) The middlest part of North America. Middle North America. Yeah. (laughs) The Alaska, which is norther than us. Just a Canada sandwich. Anyway. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so I think we're on chapter three of Twilight and Midnight Sun this week. You guys want to tell me what we read this week. <laughs> Sophie, did you did read it? it? I definitely read it. <laughs> and it will the only reason I can prove it is because I would not be able to talk about it at all if I hadn't. Because <laughs> I don't remember anything. On that note, yeah, because we both had no idea what was coming next based off the chapter titles. But spoiler, Edward didn't watch Bella Sleep yet, so <laughs> oh, man didn't happen in twilight but it did snow so that's exciting and charlie has a good dad moment and he put chains on bella's truck he woke up really early and did that so i thought that was kind of sweet 
Yeah. And then we got the infamous parking lot crash scene where Edward saves the day. And I won't lie to both of you. I actually remembered this only being in the movie and I forgot it was in the book. And I was like, oh, so that was a surprise for me. (laughs) So anyways, that happens. They go to the hospital. Bella tries to confront Edward, but he doesn't tell her anything. And then the chapter ends with Bella having her first dream of Edward. Uh, Dang. Wait, does it? Yeah. (laughs) Wait, did I really finish the chapter? Hold on. I'm pretty sure that was the... Wait, let me find it. Yeah, No, it was the first night she dreamed of Edward Cullen. Yeah. Okay, keep talking so I can check if I read it. And then (laughs) I won't lie while I was reading this. um, I think I texted both of you, but I went full Edward trash again. And I was like, oh yeah, this is why I love this. And um, sorry, not sorry. I love Edward Cullen. Bye. Yeah, before we started recording, you were talking about how you like like hot morally ambiguous bad boys Uh, so sam how are we feeling um very attacked right now no yes yes i have a type i have a thing there's probably a reason i'm still single and it's because there's no real man that compares to these fictional characters and i will scream i'm a feminist my whole life and everything, but you hit me with a dark, mysterious, fictional character who comes in and saves the day with a car crash like that. I'm gonna swoon. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> I don't know why you need us to attack you, honestly. <laughs> yeah. If anyone was wondering, I did figure it out. The one line is on yeah. the next page of the ebook. So I finished oh. the chapter, I thought, but I did miss the one line about Dreamy whatever. <laughs> <laughs> I know everyone was worried. Um, anyway, let's talk about Midnight Sun. Chapter sort of splits the operates on what we'd hope we get from it in our last episode of the podcast, and that we see more interactions of Edward with the Cullen family, particularly between him and Carlisle, but it doesn't really cover any ground that you don't see in Twilight. So, you know, we're getting somewhere. <laughs> The chapter opens with Edward and Carlisle hunting together, which touches on that relationship a little bit and carries into Edward once again, making the decision to leave Forks for Bella's physical safety and Edward's moral safety. He decides to have like one last hurrah at school, presumably to satisfy his love struck curiosity. And then the, uh, the truck scene happens, but there are a few interesting quick scenes of Alice's visions, um, which I really liked, including a bit of a foreshadow for the iconic meadow scene. So that's exciting. Yeah. Yeah. And the fact that in the, I guess, original timeline, Bella was actually supposed to get smooshed and killed by the van. Yeah. (laughs) Which was a little darker than I was expecting. Yeah. This early on in Midnight Sun. Yeah. Edward's perspective of the van incident and the hospital scenes are more or less what you'd expect. He's kind of panicky. Uh, acting on instinct and then doing damage control. But what I thought was the most interesting thing from this, I can't say the name of this book because it sounds too much like Midlight from Midnight <laughs> Sun, <laughs> is that Edward reveals that Charlie actually has the same mental quirk as Bella, where Edward can't mm-hmm. quite read his thoughts. He can only read, in Charlie's case, the emotional cadence, not the words behind them. And when I read that, I said, oh, shit out loud because I was so surprised is that something that came up in the original saga at all do you remember Sam 
No, I was also surprised by it. And I thought it yeah, was me too. kind of core because I was like, oh, then not that vampires can reproduce well. Um, well. <laughs> no, um, I don't think it happened because I was also, yeah, surprised. And um, then my science brain was like, oh, genetics. So like if Charlie turned, would his power be the same, but like diluted? Yeah, I went in the same direction. I think that's my favorite part of this entire book so far. Yeah, that was so cool i think at some point we're gonna have to have a conversation about like vampire superpowers because they're fun but yeah we'll save that for another time yeah i almost wonder if like the excitement of it was that like we know what's gonna happen in this book right like we know what happens in midnight sun because we know what happens in twilight and up until this point it's been like oh this is cool because you're getting another perspective but it was almost like oh is she gonna introduce new things yeah it was the first bit of new information really yeah because that's pretty cool if so that's the content that i am here for yes (laughs) i (laughs) i wanted to mention my like favorite part of midnight sun which just made me laugh really hard was (laughs) the twilight book when bella sees carlisle for the first time She's like, holy shit, he's hot. (laughs) And and in Midnight Sun, Edward sees that reaction and goes, oh man, she definitely knows we're related. And that's what he's worried about, that she saw like the similarities between them. I was like, that's not what she's thinking. (laughs) Sorry. She's thinking about how hot your dad is. (laughs) Which I just thought was very like wholesome on Edward's part. Oh, man. <laughs> uh, it just made me laugh really hard. <laughs> I mean, he's a hundred-year-old virgin? Is that true? I don't remember. <laughs> yeah, I think so. I don't remember either. Well, because he, he insis- he's insistent on waiting until marriage, right? That's what I thought. God, I don't remember any of these things. <laughs> Sophie, how could you not remember the 117-year-old vampire who wants to wait until marriage before having sex? <laughs> Because Sophie was always Team Jacob, she didn't care about Edward. Yeah. I was, I was, I was Team the other guy. <laughs> the irony that I couldn't remember who the other. <laughs> when we first talked about this podcast, I was like, "Oh yeah, it's all about Team Edward and Team the other guy." Even though I was on Team the other guy, I couldn't remember <laughs> who it was. Anyway, <laughs> did anyone else have any thoughts about these chapters? I really liked that this chapter of Twilight very succinctly summarizes Bella as an introvert, as like a fellow introvert. I really liked that she pointed out that being alone does not necessarily mean that you're lonely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And there, then there was an interesting dichotomy in the Midnight Sun chapter where like Edward is surrounded by his family. So he's not alone, but he still feels lonely because they're all lovebirds and he's seventh wheeling, which... I can relate to also. Yeah. So, but I really like the contrast between alone and lonely in these two chapters. And I, I don't know. I really related to both of those. It was really yeah. nice. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't, I didn't really pick up on it, which is shocking. I should have, but that's, it's a really good point. You're absolutely right. I feel like a lot of books like fantasy in particular, where things are not always set in like a contemporary world it seems like it would be hell for me as an introvert. There's a lot of like 
don't know, in fantasy books, you get a lot of people like sharing tents and being in like big groups and traveling in groups and always being together with people and never having that time to themselves. Yeah. Which is something that I notice a lot in books is how hellish a lot of these scenarios seem. Oh, as man. Who, like very much needs time alone and was like totally fine for like the first month of the pandemic not leaving my house because that's kind of what I do anyway. Yeah. <laughs> but this is, you know, one of those, well... For me, one of those rare YA novels where the protagonist is like, I like to be by myself. I am happy that I am here by myself. So I yeah. I appreciate that. Yeah, it was for me, it was like a bit jarring. I don't really like I can't grasp Bella's character. I know yeah. that's like always like the tiredest, like everyone's talking about it all the time. But mm-hmm. there are just parts of it that just seem like random like for me uh, it's it always comes back down to like the oh she's different she's not like (laughs) everyone else at the school yeah 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 I don't know it just especially the part where she was you know this new kid at a new school who like hadn't fit in in this old school and then suddenly like everyone here is trying to be her friend and all she cares about is Edward Cullen. Yeah. Who was like an ass to her at the beginning. Like I it's yeah. Weird priorities for sure. Like I'm like you have a bunch of people who you don't know are kind of being shitty. We see that they're being shitty through Edward in mm-hmm. Midnight Sun. But it just seems so yeah. It seems like a tool to make her obsess over Edward that doesn't really take into account like what an actual teen would be doing (laughs) yes which would be like yes i'm so excited that all these people want to be my friend oh yeah i would have eaten that right me too yeah because actually i actually highlighted the whole paragraph when i was reading this and it was exactly about like how she moved from phoenix and like why no one really liked her because they saw her through her like awkward adolescent phase Mm-hmm. And now all of a sudden everyone thinks she's like super, super cool or whatever because they never had to see that and she's something fresh or whatever. Or like her clumsiness was seen as endearing rather than pathetic. <laughs> Casting me as a damsel in distress. Oh uh. <laughs> so I don't know if I was in that position. And yeah, I went from if I, I'm thinking of myself in high school, like what I went to. And if I went to a school and was getting all this attention she was, I would have eaten it up. Right. Even yeah. though I'm very introverted as well, I I would have been like, yeah, let's be friends. Oh my god, the popular people like me. Yes, yes, yes. But I also went to a very like very typical clicky high school. So though my views are probably kind of biased as far as that goes. <laughs> but yeah, I agree with you, Sophie. Hundred <laughs> percent. Just kind of strange to me. Maybe, yeah. I can understand, like, oh, it's just, like, it's just her. That's the way she is, right? Like, she doesn't like people paying attention to her. And it's like, that's fine. Mm-hmm. But would you really just be sitting there being like, man, I sure wish no one was paying attention to me. <laughs> it's like, no, you wouldn't. Yeah, not. <laughs> Your survival instincts would kick in. Yeah, especially as a teenager when, again, maybe that's just, like, our views. Maybe someone will come in and say, no, like, I'm like that. And, hey, yeah. I... Which I could be, but no, I thrive off other people's attention. And I yeah. I require validation 
all the time. <laughs> yeah, if there if there are people out there who aren't hyper aware of what other people might be thinking about them yes. all the time, uh, <laughs> let us know because I wonder what that's like. <laughs> yeah, please tell me because like I live in a constant state of honestly caring way too much about what people think of me. It's exhausting. I, have, I really want to know what's your secret in like a non mocking way at all. <laughs> yeah, if you could be Edward Cullen. And hear whatever I would hate that anyway. Oh my god, I would hate it. I wanted to just bring up the fact that his whole family just talked to him via thought. Yeah. yeah. When I was reading it, I was like, "Oh yeah, this makes sense." But I'm like, "What does that look like?" And also, what? <laughs> Why? I thought it was really interesting that that is the way that their like found family has chosen to communicate it just seems like a really interesting way to adapt to that situation i kind of liked seeing that it's a little cheesy maybe yeah but no yeah i like it i like it especially in the situations like in the previous chapter where they were doing it like emmett does it when he is trying to say something that would not should not be overheard and then edward Mm -hmm. responds with like fairly neutral things Mm -hmm. but yeah it's interesting just to do it all the time like do they do that when all of them are present or when it's just one-on-one because then edward's still talking like when he and carlisle are hunting it's like oh maybe it's to stay quiet it's like well edward's talking though out loud (laughs) I don't know. It's an interesting thing. I'm interested to see how it goes in the future. Yeah. What I was going to say is, as someone who thinks a lot about what other people think of me, this ability to read people's minds messed with my head in high school. I was so paranoid that someone would be able to hear my thoughts. Like, it freaked me out. Um, And I would, like, police my own thoughts. I would try to... (laughs) I, I think I read somewhere online that people would like yell in their head suddenly to see if there were any mind readers listening and they could like see if anybody flinched. And I'm pretty sure I did that once or twice because I have always been like a little paranoid about people watching me. Even as a kid, I used to think that there were cameras in the light fixtures. Like I've always been a really kind of a paranoid person. So the idea of someone just being able to casually overhear my every thought and me be none the wiser, like freaked me the heck out i was not on board with that it's a cool like plot tool and i guess like a fun character thing that she's playing with but like i'm not on board with the idea of anybody being able to read my mind no thank you that's so wild because i still have like moments where i'm like oh man if someone was reading my mind yeah this would be shitty and it never yeah, occurred to me that that was because of twilight and it 100% is. <laughs> I'm kind of before Twilight. Twilight just made it way worse. It's like traumatized me. Yeah. No, I hate it. I hate it. Dang. Anyway, who needs therapy when you have a podcast, right, guys? Exactly. <laughs> That's what we're here for. <laughs> yup. Also, okay. It seemed to happen very quickly from the previous episode episode from the previous chapter to this chapter (laughs) that suddenly edward is like obsessed with bella yes right very fast like because in the previous yeah because in the previous episode it was 
oh my god chapter what are we doing what's <laughs> happening um in the previous chapter he was still like very much predator yeah. being like i have to stay away from her to protect her and then like here it's like hit the ground running being yeah. like i must protect her oh yeah i could kill her i guess oh yeah she smells delicious but like it's very <laughs> second mm-hmm. tier yeah very rapid progression yeah i guess he's 117 so it's fine <laughs> if he was 17 i'd be like listen calm down <laughs> yeah <laughs> too fast i was gonna say it's very on par for a 17 year old actually to be like yeah. oh i love you after only like <laughs> two weeks which is actually one of the biggest criticisms why uh fantasy gets at least is its portrayal of insta love yeah i don't know as a hundred year old i I don't know (laughs) yeah they do make a point within the series though that you stop maturing at like whatever point you are when you're turned which is the whole issue with the immortal children right so i think it stands to reason yeah I, i think it stands to reason that edward being a 17 year old probably still thinks like a 17 year old right like his brain wasn't fully developed when he died and got turned into this like undead sparkly golem true i never thought of that wow but biology brain failed me (laughs) but okay but hear me out isn't is Mm -hmm. this the series where there's like a kid vampire who like acts like an adult though well there's a What's her name? Jane. She's 11 or 12. Yeah. But they also make a note that, like, she, even before she was turned, was, like, particularly weird and particularly cruel. Okay. And, like, still does. I. It's been a while since I read that book or saw the movies that she's in. But I think there's a point of, like, she gets, like, a sociopathic, childish enjoyment out of mm. hurting people, right? And like, oh, okay, right. you're kind of old enough to know right from wrong, I'm pretty sure. I don't know anybody under the age of 22. But <laughs> I think 12 year olds like have a moral compass. Maybe. <laughs> who can who could possibly say? <laughs> who who would know? Not us. Interesting. That's an interesting point. Yeah. I'll allow it. Uh, yeah. Oh, thanks. <laughs> I'm in deep thought now, just like <laughs> mad at myself for not thinking of that. Cause then yeah, Edward falling in love in two weeks as a 17 year old i mean i yep. knew people in high Accurate. school who dated each other for a week and then dumped each other and then we're dating other people the next yeah. week i'm i'm pretty yeah. sure i fell in love with someone that i never spoke to ever oh yes, oh, yeah many sure. times yeah me yeah, too. Yeah. <laughs> anyway so these two chapters are both basically just an entire chapter of Bella as the damsel in distress, right? That's yeah, yeah, so apparent. I believe it might even be outright stated that she doesn't want to be a damsel in distress, but like clearly is one. Yeah, saved by like the mysterious love interest with mysterious unknown superpowers. Swoon. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I had to. <laughs> I thought. That that could be an interesting thing to lead into a storytelling discussion for this week about the use of tropes in storytelling and specifically as we do within YA storytelling. I don't know about you guys, but I've picked out a great many that have occurred even in these first three chapters of both books. And like, oh, man. 
the TV trope page on the Twilight Saga is oh, astronomical. Yeah. It's humongous. Humongous. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, does it count if, like, you started a bunch of tropes? Because mm. I feel like Twilight yeah. started a bunch of tropes. Which ones would you say that Twilight started? I listen. Out of curiosity. I'm not 100% sure. <laughs> I'll say you just it. have a feeling? Yeah. I'm pretty sure... Obviously, it existed before, but the reason we saw so many love triangles in YA after <laughs> Twilight was because of Twilight. And yes, yep. the trope existed before, but you cannot tell me that the Gale Peta Katniss love triangle <laughs> would have existed if it weren't for Twilight, because that love triangle did not need to exist. <laughs> There's other examples I'm pretty sure maybe divergent had it yeah the mortal instruments had it but that got weird and incesty so i don't like talking oh. about it what are the other major ones anyways i have forgotten every ya book i've ever read <laughs> i know that's just yeah. kind of where my head went i was like i know there's more and to be honest like even i read of one recently it was like snow like ash or something and it had a love triangle in it and i just wasn't here for it i was just no. i was so annoyed by it so I don't know how you guys feel about the whole love triangle trope following Twilight. They're never even triangles. They're like love angles. It's like two different yeah. people in love with the same person. At least give me person A in love with person B in love with person C in love with person A. Like that's more interesting than just like, mm -hmm. alas, I am the female protagonist and these two hot guys are fighting for my affections. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I don't remember reading much with love triangles before Twilight, so... That might be a good point. We'll have to look into that later. Yeah, I guess it's also hard because like we would have been coming in at yeah. Twilight new to YA at the time. Yeah. Yeah. So it is also probably our own bias being like Twilight invented yeah. everything. But I really <laughs> do but I really do think that like if it didn't start tropes, it definitely reignited. <laughs> the next like decade of tropes <laughs> yeah yeah well but like sexy vampire was not really a thing in at least our generation's cultural consciousness before yeah. that like there was buffy the vampire slayer which mm -hmm. was i think a little bit before us or at least before me in terms of what my parents would let me watch yeah yeah <laughs> Listen, i wasn't allowed to watch it <laughs> Oh man, but guys, Spike was so hot though. <laughs> well, I'll have, I've always meant to watch it, but yeah, I never. Yeah, I've never watched it. No, it's hard to rewatch. Don't try it. Yeah, it's, it's um difficult the first couple episodes. <laughs> oh dear. After Twilight, I didn't really want to read other vampire books because I was not like the other girls. Mm. So I liked Twilight, but I didn't want to like Twilight too much. <laughs> Oh, Hannah, exactly. let me tell you, <laughs> I was like every single girl. <laughs> yeah. was I? I was just a uh, non-swear word about it. <laughs> oh, so I read every major vampire series that was out when we were in high school. Oh, wow. I read. I read the House of Night series. I read Vampire Academy, Blue Bloods. The True Blood series, which probably shouldn't have been reading at 15, but mm -hmm. hey, I did it anyways. At, at all of them. Like, I loved vampires. I've never even heard of most of those. 
Vampire Academy was one of my favorites and they ruined the movie. Oh. And I was really sad about it. Cause that was after Twilight, that was like my favorite vampire series. It was really good. Hmm. Yeah. I think the only other vampire book that I read after Twilight was Hawks Harbor, which is like an older book. It's by Essie Hinton, the same author who wrote The Outsiders, which mm. you might remember I was very effusively <laughs> praiseful of in our uh, <laughs> earlier episode. And if I'm remembering correctly, I think Hawks Harbor was the only book she did for like an adult audience, but it still had the elements of her writing that I really liked. But it was like vampire horror and then vampire redemption, but like actual horror. So I really liked that. But I don't think I read any other vampire books. I think I've read half of Dracula. I had an ebook of it that I stopped at some point. <laughs> I read the. I think the only other vampire series I've read were the Sookie Stackhouse books. Yeah. That was the TV show. True Blood. True Blood. The True Blood yeah. is based off of. I call oh. them True Blood, but it is the Sookie Stackhouse series. Those are the ones I read too. Yeah. They were really good books actually they are <laughs> yeah. they're really fun i still have them <laughs> the tv show yeah. is a lot yes it's a lot is that one really sexy i got the impression it's that it was really sexy. so sexy the books are yeah. less sexy i almost want to say they are oh. no the books they're are less sexy. <laughs> yeah the show well because it was on hbo and yeah. at oh. the time <laughs> it was competing with game of thrones i think true blood was first though yeah and then game of thrones followed i think a few years after and i remember i had the box set for season one and season two of true blood and i was watching it in my room and my dad walked in once and oh man there's no good time in that tv show no it's (laughs) for someone to walk in (laughs) and then my parents were just like what the hell are you reading watching and i was like (laughs) nothing nothing (laughs) it's just like twilight yeah yeah True Blood had Alexander Skarsgård, if that's, oh. that's how you say his name. Anyway, it's unavoidable. I love him. <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> yeah, we've kind of... We went off the rails a bit. Were we talking Sorry. about tropes? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it seems like a bit of a silly question now that we've gotten so off the deep end. <laughs> but I was going to ask the two of you, and I suppose also myself, if you have off the top of your head any like favorite tropes in YA or least favorite tropes other than the love triangle, which I think we've covered. Please don't be what's mine. I don't want to talk. Oh, Sam. <laughs> Sam. Uh, listen, the only thing you need to tell Sam to get her to read a book is, uh-huh. that, it, is that it goes enemies to lovers. Yeah. <laughs> the only, literally nothing else matters. I am trashed for this trope. Trashed. That explains the Kylo Ren thing. <laughs> okay, but anyway, yes. immediately moving on from Star Wars before you both start talking but about it. Sophie, I want to talk about Star Wars. <laughs> okay, but what's your guys' favorite tropes? Save it for the Star Wars podcast. Sophie knows very well what my favorite trope is. Um, I am a sucker for it, but it has to be a good slow burn. It cannot yeah. be insta- love like it can't be their enemies and then the next day they're lovers like no get out no not okay if it's a mm-hmm. good like slow burn well developed like over two three books even mm, love it here for it okay you guys wait so what's a good example of that if someone was looking for a recommendation can you think of one 
Yes, the uh, Serpent and Dove. Yeah, Serpent and Dove. Yeah, I made Sophie read that one. (laughs) That's a real good, it's like romance more than it is fantasy. So I definitely don't recommend it as a fantasy read. I recommend it as a romance. But oh my God, the slow burn in that. To Kill a Kingdom is also a YA book. Uh, It's about a siren and a siren killer. And oh my God, guys, this book was so tropey, but I loved every single second of it. And it's a standalone. So I highly recommend those two. They are your classic YA enemies to lovers. And I'm here for it. Nice. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Who wants to go next? (laughs) I think one of my favorite tropes not necessarily just in YA but in storytelling in general is the found family which I might have referenced a little bit in the prologue but I I'm like the sort of like fan fiction reader who will go and find the fan fiction that's like the two characters who who aren't sisters but like become sisters and I'm like I want all of the content about these two people being like platonic soulmates I want them to be best friends I want to see them like interacting as best friends as their families and Nobody else wants that in their fan fiction, so uh, <laughs> I'm very hungry all the time. <laughs> I have a book recommendation for Me you. Me also. Maybe we're going to recommend the same book, but I also have a book recommendation for you. You go first, <laughs> and then I'll recommend mine. Uh, I was going to recommend the Wayfarer series. Uh, oh, Sam yeah. and I just read it. It's The first book is called The Long Way to a Small Angry Planet. Mm-hmm. And it's all found family. The whole Holy thing. Smoke. And it's alien. Yeah. Oh, I do like aliens. Anyway, my recommendation actually wasn't that one, but that is a really good one. I really enjoyed that book. Mine was A Song Below Water, and it's about two friends, but they're like sisters. And it's kind of like their whole experience together and growing up together. And it really just goes into that whole platonic sister friendship thing. I think you'd like it. Okay. I've added those both to my list. (laughs) I have a thing for sirens. (laughs) What? You? I wonder why. <laughs> oh man, it's not as if your D and D character is a Triton or anything. No, it's like she's named after a Twilight character accidentally. <laughs> you nicknamed my D and D character after the Loch Ness monster. <laughs> this is your fault, Hannah. You're the one I who did, did it. it. it was me. <laughs> It was me the whole time. It was me the whole time. Me, Dio. That's a meme, right? <laughs> okay, I just want to like come in one more with one more thing. The strong female character. And I just want to... One of my biggest annoyances with that trope is when that character can't also be girly. And yeah. it drives me nuts. Because I'm like, you can be tough. You can be a badass. But you can also enjoy putting on makeup and putting on a dress and looking fly as f i'm not gonna swear (laughs) yeah i just i don't know i love when an author can develop a strong female character who isn't ridiculed for her femininity and that's what i'm gonna leave with (laughs) yeah yeah i don't appreciate the implication in that trope that the reason she's strong is that she's not feminine, right? Exactly. Yeah. Like that's what pisses me off about that one. Yeah, you can absolutely. be both. Exactly. I mean, I'm not really either, but you could be both. <laughs> <laughs> I like to think I'm both, but... Yeah, you I- are. <laughs> Hell yeah. 
I just really want to learn how to sword fight. Can someone please teach me how to sword fight? That's all I'm asking. I bought a lightsaber, so now I need to learn how to do lightsaber tricks. <laughs> We're not talking about Star Wars, but I am. <laughs> but I, yes, I am. Somebody teach me how to do the Obiani spin. Okay, I'm done. <laughs> Are you done? No. Do I just give you like 10 more minutes? 11 minutes later. Oh, the clone trooper one? Because I know it wasn't yeah. the Kylo Ren thirst trap. No, it was definitely the clone trooper one. <laughs> much, much, much later. While you guys were talking about uh, Star Wars, I was looking up tropes <laughs> to see if there were any that I fall for every time. Always will read literally every iteration of Beauty and the Beast. Every oh, single yeah? one. Really? I'll read all of them. Yep. I don't. I love it. 10 out of 10. All the time. So good. I have another one for you. <laughs> the, I'm gonna, okay. The Fire Rose, these aren't young adult novels anyway, but the Fire Rose is a very good take on this. Yeah. Genre. Genre? <laughs> it's a genre. <laughs> the genre of Beauty and the Beast. Yeah. Very self-telling, I think, is considered, yeah, like a, oh, yeah. a subgenre of its own. You know what? I might as well just say fairy tale retelling because I am also <laughs> on board with all of those. Right. <laughs> Love it. Any of the Mercedes Lackey does like two series mm. that are fairy tale retellings. And I read those books probably a hundred times each, like wow. over the course of the past 10 years. <laughs> wow. They're, okay. they're the books I go back to and like reread just for like comfort reading. When I was like in university and stuff, I couldn't reread. I couldn't read new books very much because it was just like way too much for my brain to handle. Yeah. <laughs> and so I would just reread books constantly. And I pretty much just reread Mercedes Lackey. <laughs> There's nice. a lot of books in this series. I haven't read them in maybe two or three years now, but they were always pretty good. Now tell me your suggestions because I'm looking for them. <laughs> <laughs> um, I have one because I read it actually at the beginning of this year. I wasn't a huge fan of the first one, but I like the second one a lot. But because you like the Beauty and Beast retelling, I think you'll like it. It's called A Curse So Dark and Lonely. <laughs> Following mm. that uh, title structure, eh? It, yeah, yeah. It's, got that, it's got that title. Dark and Lonely. Um, but it is like, it's pretty cliche as far as like, it's really in your face. Uh, Beauty and the Beast retelling, whereas like, a Court of Thorns and Roses is technically Beauty and the Beast retelling, oh, but yeah. it's not so obvious, which is, I think, one of the reasons I like it so much. But this one, it's good. Don't get me wrong. I think I also just read it at a bad point because I read the second one two months ago and like was totally on board with it. So I think you would like the first one more than I did, for sure. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. I Another... A second one that I just read recently, Uprooted, I think would also Ooh. be a Beauty and the Beast retelling technically, which like, I don't know if that I would 100% recommend it. I really loved the book. Had some, uh, you know, other concerns, but yeah, <laughs> it, was a, it was a pretty good book and it is definitely in this trope family. Is it? <laughs> I'm into it. Okay, Sophie, I have a very important question for you now. Uh-oh. Is Twilight a Beauty and the Beast story? Yeah. Oh. Absolutely. Yeah? Yeah, I I think all of the supernatural, like the normal girl and the supernatural or the supernatural girl and the normal guy, 
or whatever variations thereof. I'm pretty mm-hmm. sure that's all like comes out of the Beauty and the Beast. <laughs> right. It's about like the, oh, he's dangerous. <laughs> what are you going to do? And then it's like, oh, he's nice at the end or whatever. Love and is it. it usually a regular heterosexual female character and a magical or supernatural male character? Is that usually yeah. Yeah, I mean, like, there aren't that many options with other variations out there. Right. Well, even if we're just talking about, like, straight characters, in your experience, has it ever been a superpowered woman and a regular old dude? There other have than been, Wonder Woman. Yeah, there are... <laughs> oh, Wonder Woman. What a uh, good movie, you guys. Anyway. Such a good movie. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> I'm going to start a different podcast where I talk about Wonder Woman. <laughs> no, the the only books I can think of might have like the superpowered female character and a regular male character end up like that's not how it ends up at the end. Okay. Like like it's always like, oh, she thinks she wants this, but no, she wants the bad boy who's also yeah. supernatural, you know, like, mm-hmm. yeah. Which is lame, and I'm ready to read the reversed version. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, if anyone has any recommendations for us, I think Hannah was saying that, let us know. Because, yeah, I feel like I need to, like, widen. And I've been really trying to make an effort of, like, widening my reading and trying to get away from, like, the characteristic heterosexual male-female. So, yeah, I just, I don't know, I just draw to it as a heterosexual person i'm sorry yeah i <laughs> i just downloaded i'm just about to start the audiobook called this is how you lose the time war and i'm so <gasps> excited <laughs> it's like yeah two i i'm not gonna anyway i haven't listened to it yet it's only four hours it yeah it is oh. yeah it's a very short book apparently you have to listen to it or read it a couple times to like get the full effect but we'll see it's like two rival agents in a time war yeah. sending love letters to each other and they fall in love. Oh. Yeah. That's cute. Enemies to lovers, perhaps? Enemies to lovers immediately. I mean... <laughs> and they both identify as women. So oh, I'm excited. Yeah. One other thing I was wondering, and I don't have an answer for this. I think it's more of an opinion. But do you guys think that Twilight became popular because of its use of tropes or because of its subversion of some tropes or just maybe for other reasons. But do you think the fact that it does seem to be a fairly trope-heavy series had anything to do with its popularity? I think Twilight weaponized tropes. I agree. (laughs) Yeah, I think it, whether it was meant to or not and i assume it was meant to very much took all the most powerful tropes and combined them together voltron style yeah yeah (laughs) i mean it's got it all right it's got you know the not like other girls which i don't like anymore but i was all about it as a teen heck yeah the love triangle, you know, I don't even, it's just got it all, you guys. <laughs> yeah. What about the chosen one? Like, do you think, mm. because the chosen one's a really popular trope in fantasy. I don't know. 
I was like just sitting here trying to think of it. I'm like, you could, I guess, argue that Bella is the chosen one. Yeah. I actually, it bothered me even as a kid reading books that the protagonists and like the character that you were supposed to relate to as the reader was always special in some way. I always wanted a story about someone who's just a regular person. Oh, I could go back to Star Wars right now. I would rather talk about Star Wars. Guys. <laughs> One hour later. No, but I think it brings up a really excellent point that, yes, there's so many times we're meant to relate to this protagonist and so often they're special and meant to be the chosen one that we grow up. At least I felt like this, that like, oh, I'm nothing because I don't I don't relate yeah. to any of these characters as far as that chosen one trope goes. Yeah. And even Bella becomes a bit of a chosen one, right? As the story goes on. She yeah. starts off very like every man. I still am thinking of her as a non-character. She's like a self-insert character. You're supposed to be Bella. Yeah. But even even Bella, who whose entire character is she is shy and clumsy and has brown hair, mm-hmm. becomes a superhero. Mm-hmm. So like maybe that's inspirational. Yeah. Or aspirational or maybe it's just like ah dang it i can't even be as exciting as bella (laughs) (laughs) i mean she does have that whole part in the second book where she just like is emo for until the boy comes back which yeah listen (laughs) we'll get to that i'm sure we all have plenty to say on that (laughs) yes well does anyone remember what uh, is going to happen next <laughs> by any uh, chance edward is going to watch her sleep this time for sure this time for That's sure good. oh we should read what the chapter titles are oh is that why she dreams about him because yeah. he's there oh yeah, no she wakes up and sees him. Oh, i'm pretty sure no. that happens i don't want to talk about that um yeah, so in twilight the chapter title is invitations and in the Midnight Sun book, it is Visions. Alice. Alice content. The Alice content that I crave. That's what I'm hoping. Is the invitations... I know... No, but it's too early for the date. Is that when they go to La Push Baby? Oh. (laughs) Man. (laughs) Oh, no. No. Is that it? Uh, Maybe. I don't know. It feels too early, though, because it's like... It seemed like it was too early for this truck scene, though. It's only chapter three. Isn't there, like, a party point or something? I think think the party is at the beach. Yeah, I think you're right. Isn't there, like, a thing? Oh, I don't even... Why am I even trying? (laughs) Anyway, Midnight (laughs) Sun is probably Alice. (laughs) Yeah. I hope so. I love Alice. Yeah, I'm going to guess that it's because Edward is, like, vacillating on staying or going. And so (laughs) Alice is like, oh, my God. (laughs) I'll die if you just keep giving me these missions. Yeah. Is what I think is going to happen. Maybe he like makes his decision that he's going to stay and Alice is like, oh shit. Oh. Yeah, that's. You're in love with her, actually. Maybe oh, that's it. Dang. Maybe. I don't know. Oh, he's definitely going to watch her sleep. Mm. I opened the next chapter in Midnight Sun and I just uh-huh. want to read one sentence. Okay. Actually, three sentences. Okay. Um, and the sentences are just like a stalker, an obsessed stalker, an obsessed <laughs> vampire stalker. Oh no! <laughs> I hate it already. 
It's totally oh. watching your sleep. Oh. Uh, okay, we got it this time. Took two tries. We got there. I don't think this is going to happen, but I would really like it if literally any of the other vampires was like Edward. No. (laughs) (laughs) Don't be a creepy obsessive vampire stalker. Like, don't do it. Like, where are his mother and father in this? Shouldn't they be teaching their son how to behave? Yeah, there are like six other vampires, aren't there? They should all be like, hey, this is a bad idea. Going to someone's bedroom that you want to eat. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And Alice would 100% have had a vision of it and known he was doing it. And like, girl... You gotta watch out for your girls. Yeah. What are you doing? Yeah. Maybe that's how Edward like decided to go stare at Bella while she slept. Alice had a vision of him doing it, and he saw it because he's a creeper who finds it. Was like, mm, yes, excellent idea. I shall do this. <laughs> like, that is a good idea. Ah, uh. you know, now that you mention it, Alice's that- brain. <laughs> I'm really angry. I just got I just got off the Edward train that I was back on. I <laughs> am no longer on it anymore because on the theme of tropes, I hate the trope where men think that they can just follow their love interest around oh, and it God. doesn't isn't creepy or stalkery at all. Yeah, it's creepy. It's creepy don't every time. Every time. If you're a man. No, don't. If you're the two men who listen to this podcast. <laughs> At least one of them is married, so, uh... <laughs> I mean, I suppose if you're married, it's okay to watch your partner sleep. If you want to watch someone sleep, make sure you... <laughs> make sure you get married first. Make sure you get married first. <laughs> make sure you consent in your vows. <laughs> yeah, consent is important for all things, including standing in someone's room and watching them while they sleep and not telling them oh, that it's God. <gasps> So, on that note... <laughs> Can't wait till next time when we get to read about Edward watching Bell sleep. Oh, <sighs> man. Don't. <laughs> I don't want to. I don't want it. Yes. That wraps up our podcast about Twilight and not Star Wars. Yeah, if you liked this chapter of Midlight Crisis in Star Wars, consider <laughs> rating and reviewing us on iTunes or your podcatcher of choice or sharing the show with a friend. You can talk to us, um, maybe give us book recommendations for our favorite tropes, if you have any, on social media. We are at MidlightPod on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. And all chapters of the show thus far are available on our website, midlightpod.podbean.com. And to finish things off, uh, Edward had some really inspiring words of wisdom, I think, throughout this chapter. And one in particular just like really resonated with 2020 and a whole. So I'm going to end with that. So in the words of Edward himself, Oh, for the love of all that is holy, will the catastrophes never end? (laughs) Oh my god. God. Thank you. I'll see myself out. (laughs) (laughs) As the Twilight series features characters from the Quileute tribe of Lapush, Washington, we will be going into further discussion on Indigenous and Native American representation in later episodes. But for now, if you would like to learn more about the tribe, you can check out QuileuteNation.org and MTHG.org to donate to the relocation efforts of their tribal school.